the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. We'll never turn away from the Lord. We'll never turn away from listening to him. Tonight I have a message, uh, a title, Our Inheritance in Christ. But I feel like going somewhere else, uh, initially, whatever, and uh, we want to go that Please turn with me to Psalm 34. I shared that a little bit this morning. Uh, Psalm 34. It's going to be like a teaching. I don't know how it's going to go. But please, please pay attention to this. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's your decision. There is a benefit, big, serious benefit to this. You will. You have to tell yourself. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God, this is scripture given to us by the Holy Spirit. And there is a reason for it. Remember what the word says. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Now, he says here, no matter what you're going through, no matter how you're feeling, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. No matter how I feel, I have to continually do this. And that's David's life. I will continually bless the Lord. And if you read through the scriptures, you go that he kept on us talking about God delivering him from his fears, from his troubles, from his afflictions. And yet, at the very beginning, he lets us know the way to true deliverance. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's easy to bless God when everything is going on well. It's easy to be happy when all is going well. But what do you do? God's watching you. What do you do when things are not going the way you expect them to go? That's the time God's watching if you really have faith in him. Because he says you are not serving God with gladness. And so a curse comes upon you, according to the book of Deuteronomy, when we are not serving God with gladness. But difficult times come into our lives, situations come into our lives to make us feel, I can't do it now. That's the time to give him the sacrifice of praise. It becomes a serious sacrifice that God responds to. That's not the time to pull back. You know, I remember this story that about, and I shared that here before, about uh, a novel his, known to all of his preachers, um, Kenneth Copeland, 
Kenneth Hagen, T.L. Osborne, they all know of, know of this guy, very wealthy. And they shared about how things were going so bad for him in, in his business. Things were so bad. It seems like all of his businesses were being attacked. He had several. And he had a secretary there, and she would come up to him every time and say, Look, Mr. Hayes, we, we hardly have any money in this, in this account. Everything is almost gone. And he'll say to her, there, We have thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in that account. She says, Mr. Hayes, I'm telling you the truth. We got nothing. And he called her name and says, we have thousands and thousands of dollars. And she says, whatever you say, Mr. Hayes. And she'll walk away really upset. But he says he'll stay when everyone is gone. He's praying to God, thanking God, wondering, God, what's really going on? Has anyone been there? Where well, it seems there's, there's nothing you can do. The situation is so dire. There's nothing I can do about it. It's bad. But you see, God's watching. We have to serve him with gladness of heart so that the curse does not come upon us. Now, the curse, or what I call the devourer, is already at large looking to devour. He tells us that. Peter tells us that. Satan roams about just looking for whom to devour. He is the devourer. But God will rebuke him for your sake if you're serving him with gladness of heart. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And that's what he was doing. He said he went to one of Kenneth Higgins' meetings. And uh, Kenneth was prophesying. Usually he prophesies long. And then he turned around and says, the problem with you, Mr. Hayes, is you don't, you're not laughing at the devil. And he said, if you know him, he's very funny. He says, really? So he went back to his business. He waited for everybody to leave. And then he goes around laughing at the devil after praising God and laughing. Ha, 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 ha. That's how he laughed at the devil. He said, did you think I wanted to laugh? No, I felt like crying. Things were going so bad. But guess what? A huge turnaround. A huge turnaround. God will do that for us. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. You know what that is? You're saying, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to make it. It's going to be okay. I have a God. I'm not alone. God's with me. I'm not here by myself. And Jesus has promised us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not just hanging around to see you, watch you while you suffer. That's not what he's saying. I'm going to be around you. I'll take care of the problems. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be there for you. To help you. And you know, he is here with us through the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit is called? He's called the helper. So you always have the helper around. If you need help in your finances, the helper is there. You need help in your marriage, the helper is there. You need help in your business, the helper is there. You need help in your physical being, the helper is there. He will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, when we feel like he's not close, that's when he is the closest. Because 
for us parents, you know, when a child is suffering, you almost like forget the other children, right? You focused on that one. What makes us think God is different? When things are difficult, he's so close. But Satan doesn't want us to feel like he is that close. But we can trust in God. You can believe in God. And you say it from your mouth. That you know God. That's what he's saying. You will make your boast. You acknowledge his presence with you even in times of trouble. That's what the scripture means. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, not God making me, I will fear no evil. I have chosen not to be afraid. Why? Because he is always with me. He is always with me. I will fear no evil because he is with me. I heard the theme tonight. You know, I was thinking some of this scripture we talk about being still. I heard that. God being our father. I heard that as we were worshiping God tonight. He is here with us. Amen. My soul shall make his boasts in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You know why they'll be glad? Because they will actually see it come to pass. Amen. As you make your boast in the Lord, they're watching. You're supposed to be crying. How do you know this thing is going to be taken care of? How do you know they're laying off people and you, you don't care about that? You're saying, God's with me. I don't care. God's going to take care of me. They can't lay me off. And they're wondering, how do you know that? But when they see your boss come around to say, we're laying a lot of people up, but we can't afford to let you go. Then they know what you have. And that's what God can do. Amen? That's what God can do. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Then he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Verse 4 is so important. He says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I went, why didn't he say troubles? Because sometimes your fears are bigger than your troubles. Satan comes and he tells you, you're going down. God's no longer hearing you. Things have turned around. You were doing so good. You must have done something that God doesn't like. And he is no longer near you. You are alone. And sometimes, and if you believe those fears, these fears will destroy you. Especially when you're saying it from your mouth. He wants you to speak the fear. He wants you to speak, speak of what's happening to you. Because he says, don't talk about that. What to do is to magnify him. Don't speak unbelief. 
let Satan speak to your mind as much as he wants, but don't say those things that he's telling you. Because once you speak those fears, you've given birth to them. Now you got the baby. And you can get rid of the baby. That, so don't ever speak those fears. The fears are usually bigger than the problem. You're sleeping at night, just a little thing, and then he magnifies it, and he shows you how this will all turn out, how you are going to be in shame, how your children are going to abandon you, what people will say about you, and all of that, and you can't sleep. You're tossing back and forth. But seek the Lord, and he will deliver you from all of those fears. And once you are delivered from the fears, the trouble is over. But this is a confirmation from God's word. When you seek God, he will hear you. If you cry out to God in times of difficulty, he hears you. All of you that I see before me tonight, every one of you that have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are righteous and holy before God. You know, I hear the word holy and people think, well, it's what you do. No, it's not what you do. God made you holy. He set you apart for himself. Anything God sets apart for, is for himself is holy. If God says that cup is holy, the cup just became holy. If you mess with that cup, you'll be in real trouble. Just because God said he's holy. God has called us to himself as his holy people. You may not feel holy, but God sees you as holy. His possession. And you are that holy. So God wants to deal with us in that regard. When you seek him, he hears you. And he will deliver you. The problem is, we, when we're really seeking him and we're beginning to believe him, we have in our minds the way we think is the best way, God, for you to do it for me. Hello. Am I alone in that? You tell him how and when he should do it. Oh, yes. And as soon as that formula doesn't work, Guess what? Uh, uh, we start speaking the fears. We go back to the fear. Well, I wonder, Pastor, how come he doesn't? I have been praying. I even fasted. And the next word is not going to be good. Once they said, I even fasted, and they are still down, please don't listen to what comes. And I wonder what God is saying. I was just about to do that stuff for you. Now you've turned everything back. Let's go around the wilderness another time. Maybe we'll come back and then you will learn to speak right. You know what separated them on this? You know what separated uh, Joshua and Caleb from the rest of them? What they were saying. They were speaking their fears and those guys were saying they are bread for us. And they were for them. The only two individuals at that time that went with them, the rest of them died. So, God will deliver you from your fear. When something happens, you get something in the mail, something happens, immediately Satan is faithful to come into your heart and begin to speak to you. He speaks to you, and now I know if Satan comes to speak to me, and I hear a different kind of voice, 
I know that's the devil, right? He doesn't do it. He speaks to you in your own voice. As you think. So you can't discern that this is the enemy. But once you start feeling down, guess who is there? The enemy. And if you believe the enemy, it's going to happen. I've talked a lot about speaking. Don't speak your fears. I know it's very hard to do. I think I should go back to the scripture because he actually talks about it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Pray it to God if you want to. And let him know what the enemy is injecting in your head. But then also let God know what you're believing. That he is faithful. You know, just speaking, even if you think you're kidding. You're not kidding. How many of you remember Red Fox? This is the big one. I mean, on set is the big one. And we all laughed about it. This is the big one. I can feel it. He's calling his, his supposed wife that's gone. I'm coming home. And guess what? He got the words of his mouth. He died with a big one on set. When I saw that, I said, hmm, if there's no bigger lesson than this. No bigger lesson. You seek the Lord and he'll deliver you from all of your fears. I like the next verse. Okay? They looked to him and were radiant. When you look to God, you forget the problem. You forget the fears. But you have to be looking to him. When you look to him, God's prophesied to us, you will be radiant. When you look to God, that's coming to you. That's what the scripture, they, that's us. He already talked about delivering him from his fears. Not troubles, his fears. Why? He was looking to God. And before the deliverance, when we look to God, we get radiant. When you look away from God, you sink. That's what happens. When you look to the problem, when you look to the mountain, and you can't talk to God about it. And we're humans. When something happens, we feel it. And it it comes on you. But try to shake it off. By his grace. Amen? By his grace. I wonder many times whether God allows these things to see if he can trust us for another level. Because every new level has its uh, new devils. Okay? And if you cannot handle the lower devils, there's no promotion yet. Because the bigger devils will beat the daylights out of you. So every level has this devil, a devils to deal with you. And so if you want to go higher, first deal with these devils first. It's so important. When you look to God, you'll be radiant. And their faces were not, what? Ashamed. Their faces were not ashamed. When troubles come to us, 
will feel like, <laughs> what do I do? If they repossess my car, I can't go to work, who do I tell? Shame. Shame. Sometimes we are more afraid of what people will think than what we are actually going through. Forget them. Look to God. God has promised you he will never allow you to be put to shame. Those bad things that you think will come your way to bring you shame, God says no. Read Isaiah 54. God says, I will not permit you to go through that. And then if you read Ezekiel 36, God says, I will never allow you, I will never permit you to suffer the reproach of famine. Want. Why don't we believe him? I will not allow it. It's a reproach. To have want for the children of God. So I can trust him. He's looking to him. He's our heavenly father. He's looking to us to trust him. The more we trust him, the better he feels about our situation. Then we pull him in to deliver us. But the more anxious we get, the more he knows we can't trust him. I mean, when you look at the universe and everything that God has made, and we're talking about stars being formed, even as we speak, new stars, planets. That's what they're tell- the scientists are telling us now, because God spoke it. And you belong to him. He is part of your life. How can you let you go? When his blood was shed to have you, how can he let you go? He will deliver you from all of your fears. The the fears that you have, they come from the enemy. They'll never see the light of day. I have to they are real. When they come to us, they are real. But God says when we look to him, our faces will be radiant. We find things difficult, right? Because we, we don't know how to get around. God doesn't know when it's difficult. He doesn't. Because there's nothing difficult for God. There's nothing that he cannot do. That's my prayer. God, I want to get to the place where I can trust you and know that there is nothing difficult for you. I'm not going to be put to shame. When we call upon him, he won't allow us to suffer shame. How many remember Hannah? You remember Hannah, the mother of Samuel? That was a shameful thing coming to her over the years. As if she will never bear a son. But God gave Hannah, when he, when he was through with the trial, God gave Hannah the number one man in the whole nation. From the time he was a boy. So she could see it. Not a grown man. From the time Samuel was a boy, everybody knew. And yet there was reproach. But she looked to God. And God made her face radiant. And there was no shame. These things were written for our example, Paul tells us. All of those things. So that we know the way of the Lord. Or the ways of our God. 
the way God does his things. So we don't fret. We stay still. Amen. We know the way of the Lord. Time is going. And you guys are real quiet. So my thing is, I think uh, the words get into you. Amen. <laughs> I pray so. They looked to him and they were regent. And their faces were not ashamed like that. May God never permit you to suffer shame in Jesus' name. May nothing of that sort come your way in Jesus' name. None of that. None of that for the children of God. We belong to him covered with the blood of Jesus. We are royalty, priests and kings to our God. We have to believe that. God, there is not, God doesn't blink. He doesn't need his eyes watered a little bit so it's not dry. I have dry eyes. God doesn't have that. He sees everything. Amen. He sees everything. And he knows the problem before they come to you. If he permits it, he, he allowed it for a reason. When you're going through, after you've gone through his promotion coming, I mean, it's, you can see the way of the Lord all the way back from Genesis. You go through it, especially if you hold him in faith. When it's over, you are at the top. And he can do it in one night. I had to say, Joseph from prison all the way to the number of Number two man in the nation. And I said it here. And Pharaoh actually gave him right and order. Saying all of my servants, all of my captains. You can tell them what to do. Including Potiphar that put him in prison. They have to listen to him. There's nothing God cannot do. We have to trust him. That's what he thinks. That's why it's called labor. To trust God is real labor. And the labor is read the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. The more of God's word you read, please hear me tonight. Whenever you are going through something and Satan is ministering to you, find those scriptures even though you start and the fear is still there. Because nothing has happened yet. It's just the fear. Find those scriptures that address what you're going through. And say them from your mouth. Before long, the fear is gone. And then faith comes. Once you have risen up in faith, the matter is over. The matter is over. Because God will come through. Amen? They look to him. Notice in verse 6. He says, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of what? All of his troubles. How many of his troubles? All. Every one of them. Notice he started with fears. Because that's bigger than the troubles you're going through. The fears we go through. You know that if your arm's hurting you for a man, uh, maybe you're having a heart attack, right? And so... you, you did something, now you've forgotten your arm, arm is, and Satan whispers, you having a heart attack. And, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. Or if cancer runs in the family, and for a woman, you, you touch, and maybe there's nothing there. I feel something. And then the next thing you know, the fear is come. I, I need to go see the doctor. 
quickly. And all of a sudden, Satan is telling you, did you see your auntie, how she suffered in the in hospital? And oh my God, no. You're all filled with fear. If you buy it and you start speaking it, you bought it. Satan will give it to you. The thing is to reject it in the name of Jesus and believe that God will help you. I, I firmly believe that God can hold that, hold you alive for a long time. With that sin in your body, it becomes a miracle and you're still alive. No pain, nothing. I just read this week of a, of a, a lady that they had surgery because that's all she could believe. She says, I can't believe God to heal me. Uh, uh, just pray for me that the surgery will go well. And the preacher prayed and said, go well with the surgery. And uh, uh, may you not suffer pain and may you have a speedy recovery. Because she, she wouldn't agree with the preacher. She said, I, I don't know if I can believe that for this miracle. But just pray for me, Pastor, so I can go do surgery. And that was what they did. They did surgery for her. And they cut her open. But she says, I agree with you, Pastor. Speedy recovery, no pain and all of that. After the surgery, surgery the, the doctor said, we even had, we had to cut a little larger, sir, because uh, we had to explore certain things there. After the surgery, she was in a room, eh, eh, no pain. The doctor said, eh, no pain? He said, no pain. Have they given you a medication? No. No pain? He says, we, uh, we do at least 10 of these surgeries every day. I've never seen anything like this. And she, he ordered for pain medication, and that was all she took for just one day, because God came through. I was reading that, and I was saying, boy, we have a lot of unbelieving believers, you know, in the church. <laughs> we need to trust God more. God delivered him from all of his troubles. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Uh, this morning I asked, how many angels you see there? How many angels? He's encamping around what? All of them. That fear him. That fear him. And the, the, this angel delivers them from what? He delivers them from all of their fears, their troubles. He delivers them from all of that. And then he goes, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, there are angels encamped around you. When people, that's tasting, tasting from God. The Lord is good. Angels, Old Testament, New Testament, the Holy Spirit is encamped around you. It's even in your heart to deliver you. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. You know, the disciples, when they were with Jesus, they had no concern about anything. He was providing for them. I mean, there was none of them sick for those three years. You know that? There was none of them that were sick. There was no prayer, uh, Peter is not feeling good today. No, it was Peter's mother at home that was not feeling good. But Peter was feeling good. They walked with him back and forth. 
going all over. No one complained. They were all well. And we are walking with him today. Can I hear an amen? We are walking with him today. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. It says, oh, fear the Lord, your, you, his saints. Notice, fear the Lord, you, his saints. I'm going to close quickly because of my time. Oh, fear the Lord. What are we supposed to do? Fear the Lord, all his saints. Oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints. That's us. There is no what want to those who fear him. There is no want to those who fear him. I'm going somewhere and I can't quit right now. <laughs> I will take you a little bit of time. Okay? I'm not going to quit right now. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord, that's those who fear the Lord, shall not lack any good thing. Now, verse 11 is important. It says, Come, you children, listen to me, and I will what? Teach you the fear of the Lord. I want to teach you what it means to fear the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, because you won't have want if you fear the Lord, right? And so now he says, come, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. I want to teach you what that is. What that is. Then he goes, teaching us the fear. Who is the man that's teaching us now, right? Who is the man who desires life? And loves many days. You want to live long. That he may see good. Right? Keep your tongue. Keep your tongue. That's the fear of the Lord. Keep your tongue. From speaking. Something that's contrary. To what God has said. That's the fear. Keep your tongue. I read the story of this man. He was 90, 90 years old. He says his secret is the scripture I just showed you now. He won't say anything back from his mouth. He will never. He's, at 90, he's, he said he had all his teeth. No cavity. Nothing. Because he said... This was way back, F.F. Bosworth days and all of that. He has, when he was a young man, he picked that scripture, stayed with it, and decided, I'm not going to ever do that, nor speak, none of that stuff. And God kept him. Uh, I think the preacher said, he had talked to him, he was 90, he turned around to his wife. How, how old do you think that man is? Well, I think maybe in his late 50s or maybe 60s, he was 90 years old. what we say from our mouth. And Satan tells us things to say, we should say no. You can think it. Uh, uh, if you don't speak it, it will, abo- it will be aborted. 
And if not, you die naturally. That's the way it is. What we say. I think God's been speaking to this congregation about what we say. I know we like to say this is the way I feel. But remember, God, every time you speak, he hears it. He hears it. And you remember what the scripture says. We will give account to him for every idle word that we've spoken. That's what it is. And the secret is in that scripture that I just shared with you. I like it when uh, Larry Hurton was here and he said, uh, I have decided I don't want those old man's diseases. I wish I heard that long time ago. <laughs> Ennis, you can't laugh. Where <laughs> Stand up with me today. <laughs> but there's a thing there. They'll tell you this is what's going to happen. And thank God, you know, earlier on, uh, you hear about teenagers, how teenagers, when they get to be teenagers, how he's, oh, he's a teenager now, we understand. And Angela and I, we talked about it, and I says, I don't know if I want this teenager disease in my house, please. And we got through teenage years, we didn't have any of that. We had no idea about what that meant. You can believe God, amen? And don't speak those things, which... Please lift your hands up to the Lord tonight. He is our inheritance. Amen. God is our inheritance. And like I said, when you lift up your hands to him, he looks down to you, loving you. You are. Whatever the trouble is, let's trust God. Tell him quietly today, Lord, I'm looking to you. My face will be radiant. No doubt about it. Your word cannot fall to the ground. I have these problems. I have all of these things coming at me. But God, I'm looking to you. I believe you. I'm not going to go by how I feel. Or what's happened to me in the past. It's a new day. And God is at work among his people. God says, I want to dwell with my people. Make a tabernacle for me so I can dwell with my people. Today, we are the temple of the living God. And God lives in us. No, we cannot be forsaken. God is tabernacled in our lives. So we're free. We're free. He takes care of your life, your family, your finances, everything. All the fears are of the enemy. And we reject those fears tonight in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? We reject those fears tonight and all those troubles we are expecting. We reject them in the name of Jesus. Only good will come to us because we are looking to God and our faces must be radiant. God will have to make a way through the wilderness for us and through the sea for us so we can go through because we are his children and he has encamped among us. It's well with us. It is 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 well with us. We are prospering. We are growing. We are doing well because the Lord has encamped camped among us.
He is with us. We have no fear. Say it with me. I have no fear. I divorce my fears. In the name of Jesus, I am free. Good is coming to me. Good is coming to me. Because I belong to the Lord. Amen. Many times we look into ourselves. It's not in you. It's in Him. And we have to trust Him. And He is faithful. Forever faithful. Even if we are unfaithful, He will not deny Himself. He remains faithful. He remains faithful. Would you put your hands together tonight? Give Him a clap offering. Tell Him you trust Him. He is faithful. He is our God. He will never forget us. God bless you. It's going to be a wonderful night. Amen.